Well, Merry Christmas. Y'all made it. You survived the blizzard of 2022. Those of you watching online right now, you probably are the smarter ones because um, it's real cold outside. Hi, my name is Chris Emmons. I'm the Ross Campus Pastor, and we're so glad that you're here with us on this Christmas Eve. And if this is your first time at White Oak, I want to say welcome. Thank you for being here. We're so glad that you came, and we love our guests. We want to bless you as a part of that, and so if this is your first time here, I want you to stop by this table in the center of the lobby. It's called The Hub. You'll see the words right on the front of it. And we want you to pick up a little gift as a way of saying thanks for coming. Thanks for being here with us today. However, even if you're, if you're new or you've been coming here for a long time, we want to know that you were here for our services, okay? And so I want to get, ask you to, to challenge you to here. Get your phone out right now. Pull your phone out. I know it's weird for somebody to tell you get your phone out in church. Check the Bengal score real quick. And then after you do that, I want you to pull the camera up on your phone. And we're going to put this little QR code here up on the screen, okay? And what you, all you have to do with your phone, if you had a smartphone, is just point this thing at the, the, the QR code. Mine's taking it. If you don't know how to do this, find a young person next to you. They know how to do it. Hand your phone to them. They'll figure that out for you. But it should bring you to this. And I want you to click on the connection card, the very first link on that. I want you to click on that. I want you to fill this out with your name and some of your information. Now, hear me. We're not going to give this to anyone else. We're not, we don't sell our information to third parties. They don't pay us enough. Um, and so we don't give your stuff away. We don't overwhelm you with information. But what we do want to do, we want you to know about things that are happening here. We want to be able to kind of give you updates here and there. Now, I know many of you are going to ignore this request. I get it. Okay? You're going to be like, I'm not doing that. You don't need my information. But I'm going to tell you, if you share this with us, then you're actually going to help make a difference in someone's life. Because for every person who fills out a connection card tonight, everyone who does this with their name and their contact information on it, we are going to donate to a ministry on your behalf. We are actually going to donate $5 per connection card to an organization called Oxford Women's Care Center. And this is a ministry that provides resources for mothers and families who might have an unexpected pregnancy or might be under-resourced to be able to kind of raise a child. And so... What Oxford Women's Care Center does is they provide resources for these moms. They give them education. They give them supplies, right? Diapers, formula. They, they provide them with, you know, they're even providing them, beginning to provide them with medical, like, procedures and kind of like updates so that they can make, make that choice. They want to protect those unborn children, right? And so they do this not just through that, but through also, like, caring for the entire family as they go through this process, and so tonight, like I said, if you fill out the connection card and let us know you are here, we're going to donate $5 for each connection card, up to $2,500, okay, to Oxford Women's Care Center. This is a major thing for them. This is going to help them do all the things they do throughout the coming months. So I would encourage you to fill that out. If you, if you can't get a picture of this, you can also go to the website, vwocc.com slash welcome. There's also the QR codes on some of the seat backs around the room as well, but we would love to know you were here and, and help make a difference in someone's life. Now, leading up to today, we've been in a series called Great Expectations, where we have been looking at the promises that we find in the Old Testament of the Bible, which is the ancient text of the Israelite people. And so we've been looking at these promises that point to Jesus, because we all have expectations in our life, right? Right? And the interesting thing about expectations is that we often have our own idea of how they will go. And sometimes 
It didn't go that way. I'm going to tell you, I've, I've been in this job since March of 2020, okay? And I've, this is now my third Christmas Eve services that we've done as a part of this role. And none of them have gone the way I've expected. The very first time I was supposed to do it, I was quarantined at home because somebody had COVID in my house. Yeah, that didn't go great. The next year, it was fine. It went really well. This year, we got a blizzard. Um, so I'm figuring I'm on a this year and next year, kind of like alternating years, the thing's going well. So come back in 2023. It's going to be great. Um, mark your calendars now, Christmas Eve, the dates to be decided. No one got that joke. That was a, okay, I won't do that one at five o'clock, okay? <laughs> Thank you. That, you were my test audience. Those of you online, sorry, that's the only one you get. Um, so we have expectations, right? And they don't always go the way we think they will. Oftentimes those missed expectations happen because we don't vocalize or verbalize what our expectations are. Now, the, the Israelite people, God's people, they dealt with this as well. They had expectations for thousands of years of a promised Messiah, a Savior who would come, a king who would rule. And so through his prophets, God's prophets, these were people who brought a word of God to the people. They were given expectations of what the Savior would look like. One such prophet that we want to look at today, just very brief, briefly, is a guy named Micah. So if you've got your Bible or a Bible app on your phone, I'd encourage you to go to Micah. We're going to be in chapter 5. And this Micah, he was a prophet in the land of Judah. And this particular passage we're reading takes place around 715 B.C., which is almost 700 years prior to Jesus being born. So it's a long time before Jesus' birth. And so Micah was sent to warn the Israelites because they had stopped kind of following the way God wanted them to go. Judah, the place he was living, had become too commercialized. They'd become too focused on doing the things of this world. They'd moved away from caring for people who needed to be cared for. They moved away from taking care of God's property and the things that he provided to them. And instead, they'd given themselves over to greed and bribery and corruption. Even the religious leaders of the time were more interested in making money than they were in spreading the word of God. And so the religious leaders, and so Micah comes to them and he prophesied to them. He said, listen, you guys are going to be destroyed. You're going to be exiled from where you live by a group of people called the Babylonians. And so he's telling them, hey, your time's getting close. But yet in the middle of this, Micah, again, is given a word reminding them of who would come. Look at this in Micah chapter 5. Verse 2, he says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. And so he's talking about Bethlehem, right? God is reminding them of those promises that they've heard before that Jesus is going to be born. And right here he's saying he's going to be born in a small place called Bethlehem. And later in the passage, as you read down here further, the Israelites are like, well, you know, Micah's saying, hey, you guys think you can do this by the sword, right? You believe that you can rule over this land with your power and your might. Instead, like what he's doing is he's reminding them that only God can make this happen, that they have gotten away from trusting in the, the one that had gotten them there, 
and that they have to come back to trust him. God reminds them that through my promise, that coming king, which would eventually be Jesus, the people are going to be delivered. Look at this in verse 7. He says, the remnant of Jacob, which Jesus was a remnant of 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 Jacob's people, will be in the midst of many peoples, like dew from the Lord, like showers on the grass, which do not wait for anyone or depend on man. People have become so obsessed with doing things by their own means, by their own treasures, by their own abilities, that they had forgotten that God was in control, that God is sovereign. And sovereign just means that like God created it all. He made it all. He, he sees everything. And that as a result, he has a bigger and better plan and a better view of the world than we can have. And so he's reminding them of this because he's saying, look, it, God's going to send something that doesn't rely on you, like do from do and rain. Those things don't, they're not made by man. Man doesn't control that. These people had let their pride get in the way. And so as a result of that, they did not have a peace inside of them. They were toiling and struggling and fighting. Jesus came as the answer to the struggle that these people faced. And so today, the big idea that I want you to know and I want you to take away from this is this. Jesus' presence brings peace. Not Jesus' presence like the presence under your tree, although those are nice, but those presents will not bring you peace. Only Jesus' presence in your life can bring you peace. Because we do this ourselves, right? We have unrest in our lives. We look at the world and we search for ways to dig ourselves out of the darkness, right? We want nicer things, bigger houses, more stuff. Maybe, maybe not even just that. Maybe you just have financial struggles, right? You got bills piling up. You, can't, you don't seem to have enough to get through each week. And so what we think will help us is if we have more money. If I have more money, then that will solve my problems. And so as a result, we, we try to find a better job and we're not content with what we currently have. And, and we... We, we, we go and we cheat and we cut corners to try to get ahead. Maybe, maybe it's in your relationships. Maybe your marriage is falling apart, right? And so we think if we just try to love that person a little harder, or maybe, if I, maybe if I try to do more, then maybe that'll fix things. Or maybe you've, you're just looking for love or you've, you've ended a relationship and, and you're thinking, if only I could be in love again or if I could find someone to love me. And that would solve all my problems. And so as a result, what we do, right, is we start to look for our satisfaction and our, and our worth in someone else's view of us romantically. We begin to lower our standards as far as what we think is acceptable because we want to be in love. You might even have low self-image. That's a pretty normal thing. You think, if only I had better clothes or lost some weight or if I maybe put on some more muscle. Boy, I've been trying to put on more muscle for years. It ain't working. Um, Nathan Hinkle has muscles, our lead pastor. Um, I asked him where he got them. He said, the gym. I said, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> sell, your, sell your gym stuff somewhere else, bro. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> but we think if maybe if I just had more people who liked me, I'd be happy. We deal with depression and anxiety. That is a real thing that people have a lot of hard time with during this season. And we think, if I can just keep this to myself, if I can put a smile on, if I can fake it, then I'll get through this season. 
This is just what the Israelites were dealing with. They were trying to do it on their own, searching for ways to solve their own problems. They'd put their hope in everything but God. And the good news is, and that's what this scripture tells us about, this Bible tells us about, is Jesus' presence brings peace. It ends the struggles in our lives. Jesus came from humble beginnings here on earth. He came from humble beginnings. It was predicted, like I said, he would come to a small town, Bethlehem, in a very unceremonious way. And that's exactly what we see in the birth story, right? He was born in a lowly manner. And we don't look at lowly as strong. It's normally something we look at as a weakness, right? We look at the meek as, as stepping stones, as pushovers. But in the case of Jesus, his hum, he had a humble and meek nature. He wasn't, he wasn't coming to lord over his followers. He wasn't coming to lord over us. He was coming to serve us. He came into a world of chaos and violence. I mean, he was born into a chaotic time, but he came to bring peace. And he did that through his death, and he did that through his sacrifice, not through power and war. Look at what Jesus tells his followers. This is his words right out of Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He doesn't say, come to me and you'll be made powerful. He says, when you're burdened, when you're tired, come to me and you will find rest. I want God to give me strength. That's what I think is better, right? That's what I would say, God, that's the words I want to hear from Jesus here. Come on, make me strong. Instead, Jesus offers me rest, comfort, peace. Because the truth is, no matter how strong you are, right, no matter how much training you've done or how well-prepared you think you are, if you are exhausted, then you're not going to be able to do the things that you thought you could do. Rest is important for us. We all need to do that every day. We need to reset. We need to let our minds kind of take a break. This is what rest does for you. This is what Jesus is trying to offer to all of us. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, a yoke, if you don't know what that is, is an, what an oxen carry to plow a field, right? They're these heavy wooden objects that they carry on their shoulders. They're heavy, right? This, and I think this imagery is perfect that Jesus picked because we often carry things on our shoulders, Right? We carry things like our family, like our work, like our health, the sicknesses that we deal with, the addictions that we have, the infidelity that happen in relationships, the pain of this world. We carry those struggles, right? And they weigh us down, especially this type of season. God wants to give us peace. Many of those things, those struggles that we deal with, they come from one thing, it's in the Bible. It's called sin. We all have sin, sin in our lives, the mistakes that we've made, the times that we've made it about ourselves, the times that we've made it about what we want and our desires. Those lead to weariness. They lead to struggle. And listen, you may not know what you believe about Jesus. You may not, you may be like, I'm not fully bought in yet to this Jesus thing. I don't know if it's true. I, I'm just kind of here because Somebody dragged me here, or it's a family thing we do every year. But let me hear, you're going to hear me, because reality is, even if you don't know what you believe, you know you've got struggles and turmoil in your life. 
Again, God wants to give us peace. Now, you'll notice what Jesus isn't saying. He's not saying, listen, if you come to me, you will have no burdens and you won't have to carry any, any weight, right? He actually says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We're still carrying a yoke. We still have a burden. Jesus says that. But this, 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 boat, this burden that, that Jesus promises us, it, it's different. We're not promised only good days. There's still gonna be hardships. There's still gonna be times where we, where we have to struggle and we have to do things, but it will be different than those of the world. You see, they're different than the pains and struggles of sin. They are different than the guilt that we carry and the shame that we carry for those mistakes that we made. Instead, the yoke that we carry with Jesus is a yoke of being an outcast from what the world sees. The yoke we carry, the burden we care for is we're caring for those who God cares for. We're caring for the orphan, for the widow, for the poor, the refugee. We are doing the work that God has called us to do. And that's heavy work sometimes. But it's work that God has put in front of us. And it's the yoke we carry, we don't carry alone. Jesus walks along with us and he carries it with us. Jesus' presence brings peace even in the midst of those burdens that we carry. God wants to be with us. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, to be with us, to the perfect and worthy heir to God's throne. He came to die for our sins. We were sinners. We will make mistakes. And God, Jesus said, I will go and face death. I will die on the cross. I will take the punishment that you deserve. But the, and that's not the end of the story. What's even greater about it is we get to know the rest is that Jesus walked into hell. He walked and faced death and he defeated death. Jesus said that there is no power, not darkness nor death that can defeat those who believe in me. And he proved it. He himself defeated death. That's true love. That's a peace that I can't have knowing that I can't get that on my own. I have to trust in God to knowing that death cannot defeat me. That's a shepherd tending to his sheep, watching up, doing whatever it takes to watch after his flock. Listen, if you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus and you're feeling that tug from him, you're feeling something inside of you saying, I need something more, I'd encourage you to do it today. Give your life over to him. Say, God, I want you in my life. Maybe you believe all this. Maybe this isn't new to you and you believe it and, and you're not sure what to do with it. Remember, Jesus' presence brings peace. His presence is enough. But his entrance into earth and the way that he lives should mirror for us the way we should live. See, Jesus come with a peaceful and humble nature. And if we're to be like him, we need to begin to look at ourselves in the same way. Instead of looking for how to have more influence, to have more power in our lives, how to have more respect, we should be looking for something different. We should be looking for ways to have humility. And humility starts by realizing you're not first, you're last. That's not something our culture wants you to know, by the way. You should be first, right? If you watch Talladega Nights, you know if you're not first, you're last, right? Well, the reality is that's the way we should be. Your spouse, your kids, your friends, your coworkers, the stranger that's on the street, the person begging for money, the addict, whoever it is, your neighbor, whoever, they are before you. They are before you. 
Our priorities are no longer on the top of the list, right? I'm sure many of us have a priority list. Maybe in this Christmas season, we've had lists of what, what needs to get done. Maybe, I, I hope if you've got a list right now of stuff that needs to get done before Christmas, you're almost done with it. Amen? Yeah, amen. Right? Because if not, it's tomorrow. Um, didn't know if you know. Um, maybe you put something on that list was go to church. I'm glad you're here. Maybe you're watching online. I'm glad you're watching because you wanted to, to hear about, talk about what Jesus is doing. I'm glad you made that a priority. I do want you to know that God doesn't want to be a number on your list. See, we make a list of priorities. That includes people, right? We prioritize people in our life. God's asking us, don't make me just a priority number on your list. Don't say, hey, this, where does God rank in here? He's basically saying, I want to be the page on which the list is written. Everything you do, everything you prioritize should be focused on my plans, he says. And that includes putting others before us, being humble just as Jesus was humble. When we see the narrative of Jesus' birth, it's amazing to realize that he was a king who was born, who was coming to bring you know, justice and healing for those in need, like he was coming to save the world. And it would have made sense for him to be born in a castle or in the heart of the biggest city, right? If I'm writing the story, right, it would have made sense for him to have appeared before kings and the rich and the elite to, to come in and arrive in that, fashion, in that high, high way, right? But I didn't get to write the story, thank goodness. Instead, the very first to hear of his birth was people of no importance, he came before humble shepherds. Look at this in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Look at what it says. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Not power, not respect, not authority, peace. The people that God had chosen, because of, and because of Jesus' life, because of the death that he did on the cross, we all get to have that favor. And as a result, we get to have, to have the peace that God wants to bring into our life. This holiday season, listen, I pray that you realize what this is all about. God, who loved us so much, he had a perfect plan for all of us. He saw better how to make a way for us. And so as a result, he sent Jesus to fulfill that plan. And he came in a humble way. <clears throat> I hope we can all bow before our Lord one day and just say, Father, God, show me how to humbly serve you. Now, as we've done through this series, we've been reading through the Psalms. And, and, we, and we've done this as a reminder <clears throat> for those of you to know how God wants to serve, how God is going to do this thing through us, how God has been doing this even through the Old Testament. And so this week, I would encourage you to read Psalm 23. And today I want you to hear it in its entirety. So I asked 
Maddie Sheets to come up and read this psalm to us. And I want you all to close your eyes for this. And I just want you to listen to the words as she reads them, okay? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.